Merry Christmas, you guys. How are you? Good. Go ahead and stand with us. We are just going to start this service with a declaration of joy. I don't know about you, but I actually feel like the older I get, the more excited I get about Christmas. So I woke up today and I was like, today's our day, guys. Let's celebrate Jesus. We're going to sing joy to the world. Christmas. Welcome to Shine Church. And uh, I was seeing some, uh, one of those, you know, cheesy jokes. And uh, what did Adam say on the day before Christmas? It's Christmas, Eve. Uh, I know, it's terrible. It's terrible. Hey, here's what we're going to do today. Um, you know what? We are in a series, or we were in a series for uh, December called Christmas Together. And that's exactly what we want this evening service to be like. Um, you know, since we started Shine Church in August, we have been teaching and telling um, everybody that we just want to live 
life together. And that's exactly what we want to do is we just want to have a Christmas Eve serve, service together, um, just kind of an in, intimate feel. And so here's what we're going to do. We actually want you to consider this room right now a living room. This is the Shine Church living room. Welcome to the living room. And yeah, there's a lot of people in our living room, but here's the truth. We're all family. And we want you to enjoy what God has for you. And so here's what we're going to do. When I grew up, uh, one of the things that my family would do on Christmas is we would listen to the Christmas story. We'd gather around in the living room. And it's one of the fondest memories that I have is just getting together and listening to the story. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to tell the Christmas story. We're going to read the scripture. And in the midst of that, we're going to have the teaching team come up and just share little pieces of the story that ring true and, and uh, really resonate in their hearts. And then we're going to take the Christmas carols and we're going to tie them in to the story. And so we'll tell a little bit, bit about it and then we'll sing the Christmas carol. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to sing along. I want you to pay attention to the words because the Christmas carols are deep with meaning. And sometimes we get lost in the fact um, it's just another Christmas carol that we're singing. But there's such depth in the Christmas carol. And so we want you to sing along and then enjoy the story of our wonderful Savior's birth. And so we just want to say welcome to our living room. Again, enjoy what God has for you. And just, um, just I hope you're expecting something great from God today because he's got something special for you tonight. And so here's what we're going to do right now. One of the things we do at Shine Church is uh, we do life together and we get to know one another. And so we're going to have a moment of greeting right now. We want you to take about two to three minutes to wish as many people as you can in this room a Merry Christmas. So ready? Go. All right, if you can find your way back to your seats. You know, I was reading Luke 24 today, um, and um, 
something just jumped off the pages at me. And, and um, here's the context. Jesus has risen from the grave, and he um, is starting to present himself to different people. There's a couple of disciples that are walking down the road, and he starts walking along with, side, with him. You guys remember that story? You guys remember that story? Okay, good. Um, we can reenact so, Yeah, we can. Yeah, totally, if we need to. Okay. Hey, no, just kidding. Um, so um, they don't recognize um, Jesus, and he's just teaching them, and he's talking to them. And um, they have dinner together, and he breaks bread, and that's when they recognize him. And the Bible says that he disappeared, and they start, they run back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples. And on the way, they say, weren't our hearts burning with the truth that he was speaking to us? And while they're telling the disciples, it's true, he's risen. He's alive. Um, Jesus appears in the room with them. And it says this line in, in the Bible. Luke chapter 24 says, And he opened their minds to receive the scripture, to understand the scripture. And my prayer for you tonight is that as we read and tell the Christmas story, um, it wouldn't just be, oh, yeah, here we go again, the same old Christmas story that we hear every year, but that you would receive a new revelation from it. Now, no matter how long you've had a relationship with the Lord and um, you've called him your Savior, um, here's what I know. Um, we don't have all the answers. As a matter of fact, I'll ask a question. I'm expecting feedback right now. Do you know it all? No. Okay, half of the room does, it looks like. <laughs> I'll try it on. Do you know it all? No. Okay, no. That's good. So here's... Here's my heart. Here's our heart as we've been praying for this service is that God would open your minds, that he would give you a new revelation of the scripture. Maybe there's a new understanding, a new insight of the Christmas story as we go into this. And so, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, and we thank you so much. We thank you for the greatest gift that was ever given in your son, Jesus Christ. And God, as we look back at the story I pray that you would penetrate into our hearts and into our minds and that you would give us fresh revelation, that you would open our minds to receive an understanding of scripture that we've never seen before. God, use this teaching team to communicate your heart and open our hearts to receive your word. And we look forward to what you have for us. We thank you for that in your name. Amen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive 
is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I wanted to point out a little bit of just kind of perspective and not to think of this as a story, but think of it as something, let's say it's happening today, right? Because this is God's written word and it's not just a story, but it's something that's happening here and now if we look at it that way. So think of Mary. How old do you think Mary was at this time? 14 to 16? You know, it doesn't really specifically say how old she was. I mean, she could be anywhere from 12 to 14 years old. So who do we have in the room, girls, that are 12 to 14 years old? Okay, anybody else? All right, so think of it this way. So Mary, coming to the gathering place, you're like, all right, getting ready to come in and the gathering place. And before this, right, Gabriel has approached her, and she has shown great favor with the Lord. So think of it in a, in a perspective of, oh, there were 613 laws that Moses wrote. So she's doing probably uh, her best as uh, you know, following and obeying those laws, and, and now she is pregnant with the Messiah. So could you imagine her coming in, one of these girls that are raising their hand, you, and saying, oh, by the way, um, I, my angel approached me, Gabriel, but could you imagine thinking about that? Now, most of the time, girls get married a little older, but if you're thinking about that, don't think of it, of, oh, this was a story 2,000 years ago, but put it in perspective of something like this occurring today, and how would you react? How would uh, this gathering place respond in that moment? Because the day to her during that time was just like ours right now. You know, it, it, it was. I mean, it, they're not thinking like, oh, we're living in the past, but we feel like we're living in the future. And so thinking of that, when you think of this and you hear that scripture, think of it in the perspective of, of the here and now, if you will, and what that person may have been going through at that moment. Another thing that impacts me about that portion of the story is that here's this young lady, right? We've got a, a number of young, young men and women in the room. And, you know, she had her plan. She thought she knew what her year was going to be like. She was going to get married. She was engaged. She was going to move into this guy's house. And, you know, they were probably registered at, uh, you know, what's it called? Crates and camel and saddlebag and barrel. Uh, or whatnot, and starting to see the gifts, you know, picking, picking, you know, come in, you know, as, with the chisel thing. They didn't have technology back then. But no, but you know, she probably had a good idea of what she thought would happen. She's like, yeah, I'm going to get married. I'm going to, you know, whatever. All of a sudden, bam! God's plan collides with her plan and completely interrupts her life. And if you notice, the angel doesn't really ask permission. He doesn't apologize. He just kind of says, hey, lucky you. God loves you. God wants to use your life in a tremendous, unbelievable way. And can you imagine being her and feeling like, but this is totally different from what I was thinking was going to happen. This is totally different from my plan. This is totally, I don't feel in control of this situation. And how oftentimes do we feel the same way? Like, hey, my security is, is in me kind of being in control and me understanding what's going on and things going according to my plan. I think all of us have felt that way in some way. But here's what I think the truth was, is that God was saying, you know what, if you'll exchange your control and see my calling of you in the middle of this situation, I'm going to show up in ways that you can't even imagine. 
I'm going to show my power to you. I'm going to show my love through you. You're going to be remembered for generations upon generations to come because you chose to trust me, because you released your control. And I believe that each of us has that same choice. And how we respond, how we follow her example or not, may determine the incredible ways we see God use us. Let's look at her response. You know, I think a lot of times we read the story and we think, oh, Mary, I, I grew up Catholic. And so Mary was um, lifted up in some ways almost too high. But she is deserved of very much honor because of her response. Um, but I think a lot of times we think that um, that was just for Mary and God doesn't have big, powerful things like that for us. And the bottom line is he's got powerful things for every single one of us. He's got a purpose and a plan for every single one of us. It's not just for Mary. And we get to choose how we respond to those things. And um, the angel comes and Mary listens to what the angel has to say, and then she has questions. Do you ever have questions for God? Man, I'm not sure. I, you know, God, are you, for real? And I mean, she says, how can this be? I'm still a virgin. I mean, think about what she would be thinking right there. How can this even be? Um, the angel then goes on and tells her how it's going to happen. And then I love what her response is. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me according to your word. I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me according to your word. And I love the fact that she just said, okay. I, I don't, I've never even heard of someone um, having a baby uh, being conceived by the Holy Spirit. But okay, if you're God, you can do anything. If your word goes forth and says that, then absolutely it can take place. And so she listened to what God had to say. She made herself, the word says, a servant. If you look that word up, it means to actually commit yourself to someone. It wasn't like we think servant, oh, I have to work. No, it's when a person makes the decision, I will serve you. I give myself to you. And so she gives herself to the Lord and says, okay, if you're saying it, I'm going to hear it. I'm giving myself to it. And then I will believe that it's going to happen. And so our heart for this Christmas for you is that you will go before the Lord and expect something big to be spoken to you because God has a purpose and a plan that's greater than you could think, hope for, or imagine. And if we are attentive to listening to what that is, if we will give ourselves to God and say, okay, I make myself yours and we will believe that it can happen, man, God will do the miraculous through you. It's amazing. The thing that uh, really sort of popped out of this part of the story to me, uh, just reading it recently again, was how an eternal God, God the Father, just stepped into time and he declared something to this young girl. He declared a promise to her, uh, a promise that something amazing is going to happen. Jesus, the Son of God, will be born. And it's going to happen, man. I mean, he declared it. It's going to happen. And I can't imagine what she must have felt like. It's, you, you kind of get a sense of it when you read it a little bit. But boy, I think, and I, I think you guys would agree with me, God has, through Jesus, his promises become real to us too. Through Jesus Christ, the promises of God become real to us. And whatever God has spoken to you, uh, and, and if he has spoken to you, just, just remember it's through Jesus, right, that that happens, and that's good news. So powerful stuff. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree 
that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. All right, so thinking about Joseph here, we're like, okay, one, he's, he's got on board. Boy, they're married now, um, him and Mary. And, and now all of a sudden the census comes up to where they have to make their way to Bethlehem. And I think, oh my goodness, my wife is nine months pregnant. I mean, think about it that way. You're thinking, um, you know, if it was in Denver, you know what, we'll wait for the birth to, to be done. And then, then I'll go and I'll account for my attendance. But there was urgency here. There was a timing. There was a, a reason that they needed to move quickly to get to Bethlehem. So could you imagine your wife is nine months pregnant. You're heading to Bethlehem. You've, you finally figure out this whole census piece because we don't have driver's license, social security cards and all that stuff, right? It makes it a little easier. But think of it this way. You're going back to um, the town of David, obviously, that's what God had mentioned, right? I mean, his Messiah would be born in the town uh, of David. Um, so, wow, how, how perfect is his plan and timing to make this all happen? Here's the other piece that I find fascinating is just, um, I think, now here you are, you're in Bethlehem. Sure, you must know somebody. And as it was read, there was no inn. There was no... Marriott or Hilton or uh, the, anywhere to stay. And you couldn't call a friend or go by and say, hey, can, can we stay at your home? Instead, they find this nice person that says, you know what, I have a place. It's in the back here where my animals live. You guys can stay there if you want in the, in the stable. And now think of what Mary and Joseph must be thinking at this moment. I mean, here Mary is going to give birth to God's son. And you're thinking, I mean, if it were myself and my children, and probably a lot of us, right, we could say, well, I don't want to have my child in the stable. I, I need to be at the hospital. I mean, we, this is important. This is my son or my daughter, my firstborn. And now they're going to have um, to give birth, you know, Mary in this stable. But God's perfect plan again is that I needed to show the world that I'm not here to come above. I don't want to be born in a palace. I don't want to be born in a hospital. I want to be born at the lowest level to show that I'm not here for the rich. I'm not here for the well-educated, the people that feel like they have it together or are trying to put it together. But no, he's here for every single person here and now. And I think that's the miraculous piece of, you know what? No, he's going to be born in a manger because it's not about um, glory to the highest per se, but it's glory to his highest and everybody else is perfect in every way because you've been created by God already to be perfect. So um, soak that in. Think of that a little differently. And what we're going to do is just move into some other carols at this time. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see Above thy deep and dreamless 
There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So imagine, if you will, you have a few shepherds doing what shepherds do, taking care of sheep day in and day out, looking after them. And all of a sudden, this angel appears. Now, real quick, how many kids do I have in here tonight? And let me, I'll ask this question, and you guys let me know how excited you are. You know tomorrow's Christmas, right? How excited are you that Christmas is tomorrow? Okay, kids, come on. Are you guys excited? Let me hear the kids. Are you excited? Go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Number of presents? Yeah, yeah. You only get one present because, no, just kidding. Hey, here's the truth. Um, Kids, let me ask you this question. If an angel showed himself to you in this huge glory all of a sudden, really just bigger than you could ever imagine, do you think you'd be excited or scared? Scared, right? Scared, absolutely. And that's exactly what these shepherds were. The Bible actually says in one of the translations that they feared with great fear. They feared with great fear. I want you to get the picture of this. This one angel showed up in front of these shepherds and they were terrified. The word, if you look it up, it actually means to run away, but they were so scared they couldn't move. And the very first thing the angel wanted to make sure that they understood is that there was not to be any fear. And he tells them, I bring good news of great joy for all people. And I want you to capture what God wants you to hear for this Christmas. And that is this. We don't have an angry God that is looking down trying to get you. We have a God that cares for you, that loves you. A God that knows the number of hair on your head. A God that has so many purposes and plans before you were ever even created. And he loves and he cares for you. And the very nature of God comes out right here when the angel tells the shepherds, don't be afraid. Because I have good news. How many of you need some good news in this world? I do. I need good news in this world. And the good news was of great joy. Man, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. We live in a world that doesn't have much joy. There's a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry and a lot of trouble. But man, God wants us to grab a hold and understand that he wants us to be filled with joy. And then it's for all peoples. It's not just for people who've called upon the name of the Lord. It's for everybody that walks this earth today. That's why we celebrate Christmas. The gifts are great, the family and all the activities are wonderful, but the reason we celebrate Christmas is to remember that God gave the greatest gift in His Son, Jesus Christ. And so don't be afraid of God. Understand His heart is for you.
Amen. That's awesome to think about. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. After these angels uh, glorify God, they say, peace among all men who God is pleased with, basically, or the favor of God rests on, I think was the translation that you read out of Keith. You just think about that for a second. Man, it's just it's amazing. Because God could have said anything through that angel right then. He could have said anything, right? But he says peace, which I think I would venture to say every person needs more peace in their life. Is there anybody here that wants less peace in your life? I don't think so either. I I did one time. I thought I wanted less peace, but it, it wasn't right. It wasn't true. But I realized, no, seriously, think about that. You want more peace. I want more peace. And God knows that about us. Peace amongst men. And then he says that part that he's well pleased with us, which just is like the warmth of God. His heart for us is he's pleased with us. As, as Dan was saying, he's not angry. He's pleased. And he wants us to know that. And this moment where God speaks to these angels and he brings this great story actually happened, man. It didn't, it's not just a fairy tale. It's a true story. And it demands an answer on our part in, in many ways. So thank God for, for what happened. I think the, uh, you know, the other piece that I think about is the angel appeared to the shepherds in the field. Dan mentioned a few. I, we don't know the number exactly, but how many shepherds do you think the angel appeared to? Three? Five? So, and I think as, I, as we talked about this last service, I'm thinking, well, you know, you don't have like, um, you know, a thousand shepherds for two sheep. You usually have, you know, one shepherd for so many sheep, right? So you have the angel that decided to appear to them, right? This is all of God's plan uh, and this appearance. And I think, you know, my mind, I would say, oh, if I wanted to make an announcement, you know, something, I mean, we have social media now, but let's say, um, you know what, probably a Broncos game or something, you know, let's do it in Jerusalem at the temple where there's a lot of people there. We're going to send the angel. We're going to say, look, good news is about to happen. You know, here's what's going on in Bethlehem. But you notice God didn't appear that way. He appeared to a few shepherds in the field, right, that angel. And we don't, we don't know again how many. But it's back to where two or three are gathered. He is in our presence. It's our intimate God, again, to say, no, 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 it's individualized. It's for each and every one, single person at a time. We'll get to the thousands, but it's one person at a time. That's what I get excited about. That's the relationship that, that he wants with each and every one of us. So it's interesting to, to think about that. Why did he just, why did the angel just appear to a few shepherds? But I think... It's God's message again, thinking of this differently when you read this, to say, hmm, you know, he's, he's, this was appearing to me, you know, each and every one of us, about this good news. I love that, Darren. I think it speaks to God's upside-down kingdom. You know, he does things differently because he thinks differently than we think. God is concerned with one heart at a time. You know, he could have shown up and said, hey, I'm here, everybody, this is it, like it or not, you need to bow your knee, but that's never been God's M.O., you know, God wants to change one heart at a time, one decision at a time, while respecting our right to respond in the way that we desire to respond to him. And I think maybe he knew that about these shepherds, I don't know. But, you know, that we see the way they responded. You know, they could have sat there and debated it. Well, are we worthy? I mean, are we really the, the ones that have studied the most doctrine, you know, out here? You know, we're, they kind of were looked down upon by society. They had, a, you know, kind of a stinky job. Uh, probably played a lot of harmonica, you know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it was more of a, I'm not sure if that was an instrument back then. But the point is, 
they kind of sat out there and, you know, did a lot of sort of waiting around and overseeing sheep and all that. It was important work, but yet not necessarily the kind of work that was considered by society to be at the highest level. But here's the thing. When they heard the word, it says, one of the translations says, they said, let's hurry and see about this word. Let's see about this thing that's been told to us. And so they didn't sit around and debate it or question it or, you know, get all cynical about it. They just said, let's take God at his word and find out this good thing that he wants to do. And guess what? They went and they found it exactly the way God said it would happen. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby, and they were able to worship him and, and experience the, the birth of the Messiah. And then they actually became the first evangelists. God entrusted these guys, Darren, that you're talking about, these kind of nobodies, starting from the bottom up. He entrusted them to carry the message of, man, the Son of God has been born. The Son of God has been born. And it says that everyone who heard actually was amazed at the message. Actually was like, I don't know what these shepherds, whatever, but it sure seems like something real is going on. And God is inviting us to that same childlike response, to, to respond, not to try to figure God out, not to try to figure out if we're with, but to receive openly with childlike faith the good things that God wants to do in our lives. And guess what? When we do that, the last part of it says that they return, man, glorifying and praising God, because you know what? You can't help it. When you truly take God at his word, when you give it a shot, when you don't let somebody argue or, or convince you out of the good thing that God wants for you. Then the result is overwhelming praise and gratitude. And you're like, yes, thank you, Jesus. So they were the first evangelists, maybe the first worship team, and probably the first harmonica players. Not sure about that one. Uh, but we're going to have an opportunity right now to actually just join our hearts in that same response that the shepherds had and give voice with our own voices through a couple of songs that we're going to sing right now. And I want to encourage you, let's join in with the same childlike faith they had for the glory of our God. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing Thank you. 
us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah had uh, wrote those words over 600 years before this happened. You're thinking 600 years. Could you imagine story after story of, you know, even in your families, you're trying to think back generation, generation, but, you know, 600 years before. And I think, um, at least for me, I think quickly to say, boy, you know, if God promises it, it will happen. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I think as I think of that promise of that birth of the Messiah, of, of God's Son, I also think of His return. And I think at some point, right, the Bible says Jesus will return. And we, we don't know when that is. Only the Father knows when that is, right? But we do know there's a lot of people that don't know Him. There's a lot of people that maybe think, ah, you know what, well, one, I just have not heard the good news or others that are right here in our community that don't know him because they're thinking, I need to get something right, or I've got to put things in order, I've got to be different, I've got to be better, or, or something, you know, like that, to say, maybe, maybe it's just too hard for me to go down that path right now. But um, to know, though, that that promise is his return, it will happen, it's going to happen at some point, someday, just like his prophecy of that birth and the shepherd's response, you know, it was just like they were told, again, to say, this is what is written. And we read those written words in the Bible about all these things that God has promised and will promise and will fulfill and will do and, and has done, but still there's more to come. So I think I want to, you know, just sit in that and kind of soak that in. You know, just as we were assured of his second coming, just as the first one took place, I find myself realizing this Christmas that, you know, at Christmas time, we don't just celebrate a nice 
little sweet birth of a baby. Make no mistake about it, Jesus is a king, and he came to establish a kingdom with great authority, with great power, with great strength. In fact, there's a passage in 1 John that says, this is the reason the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the enemy. And here's the cool thing, guys, is that we've all been called and invited to be citizens of that kingdom and to walk in that covenant and to walk in that new reality that he came to establish. And so, so that authority that's on his shoulders, he has bestowed upon us as well. He said, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father has conferred one on me. And so as we go about this Christmas and into 2019, I believe God is saying, look and find discouragement and bring my hope. Look and find brokenness and bring my healing. Look and find uh, sadness and bring the oil of gladness. Whatever is broken, whatever the enemy has twisted or thwarted or tried to damage, Jesus is saying, I've come to establish a kingdom where my health, where my blessing, where my mercy, where my love makes all things new. And the question is, will we join him as citizens of that kingdom, not just waiting for a second return, but bringing heaven to earth every single day, bringing that kingdom right here to our family, to our friends, and to those within the sound of our voice. Amen. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's been said, and I don't, have the exa- I don't know the exact number, but there are over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled exactly in his life how he was born where he was going to be born what was said of him and this this specific this specific prophetic word in Isaiah says some amazing things that all came to pass in Jesus every one of them but this is as Darren said was written a long time before he was ever born so here here's the thing that really struck me Scripture says God has placed eternity in man's heart. Every person born on planet Earth has a sense that there's any there's something more out there than what we see, what we understand. And here comes God through this prophet Isaiah saying these amazing things. And he says something about his government. Now, it's interesting, the word government, when we think of that, we kind of probably think about our government or governments in other countries. And there may be some corruption. There may be some bad things, whatever. I don't know what you think about that. And I'm not going to argue with that. But let's just get this clear our governments on planet earth are probably not perfect right they're not perfect but what he's saying here is God's government is perfect when he speaks of his government I believe what he's saying is his righteousness his justice his perfect holy righteous way of governing us and loving us is going to be made manifest and it's happening through Christ so it's so powerful to think that that's what's going to happen and then it says this the zeal of the Lord is going to do this. Now, it's not man that's going to do this. Sorry. Sorry, I have paper in my hand. I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. Because here's some good stuff about zeal. So remember, God's zeal is the one that accomplishes this, not us. Although we'll be happy and full of the God and the Holy Spirit and all that that receive this good news. But it's His zeal. So it says this. That just simply means this. Great energy, enthusiasm. Think of these words. Love passion, fire, devotion. In other words, God's devotion to us, to share his love with us, is going to be manifest. And it's going to happen because of him. That is awesome news. God loves you so much and he's devoted to you so much that he wants you to know and experience his relationship in a real way. And it's through his son and that's the only way. Jesus. Wow. 
You know, I think a lot of times we think about a, a kingdom or a king and, and we put our, um, our filter through it and we think about a king um, who, even the best king has selfish motivations to what they're doing. But what we're trying to tell you today is that this king has no selfish motives. His entire motivation is to have relationship and to have fellowship with you and I. And he wants to establish a kingdom that um, goes all the way back to the beginning of time where Adam and Eve walked in the garden with him. Think about that. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, they walked in the cool of the day, the Bible says, with him. You know, a little bit later in the Old Testament, it says that um, if anybody would come into the glory of God, they would be killed instantly because sin had entered in to this earth. And that's why God sent his son Jesus, is to bring that relationship back so that we could have that fellowship with him because he loves and he cares for us. And he's not a king that wants to come and lord over you. He's a king that wants to reveal to you why you're here, what your purpose is, what your plan is. And the greatest gift that you could receive this Christmas is to have a full understanding of why you're here and the purposes and the plans and the great and mighty things that he wants to accomplish through you. You know, in that section in Isaiah, um, it brings out the attributes of who this king is. It just lists four of them. There's several through the Bible, but it says he's a wonderful counselor. How many of you could use a wonderful counselor? You know, again, we have our filter when we think about counselors and we think of either counselors that have hurt other people or maybe you went to a counselor and it didn't work out right but here's the truth this wonderful counselor will never fail and when you go to him he will give you the counsel and he has the peace and he's got the the truth to set you mentally free forever he is the almighty god he's the god that's got such great power that he wants to empower you with. Again, like I've said, you have a purpose and a plan. He's got a gift that he wants you to use. He wants to empower you in that gift so that you can do greater things than you could ever think of, that you could ever hope for or even imagine. He wants to place that power in you to be able to do those things. He's the everlasting father. I know we live in a world where maybe your father hasn't been the best dad, maybe not the best example, but here's the truth. Our heavenly father is the perfect dad. The word of God calls him the Abba father. It's a relationship that is intimate that he wants us to have with him. And he wants us to understand that he loves us unconditionally. He's proud to call you son. He's proud to call you daughter. He's so glad that you're alive. And man, there's no greater gift that you could give to him than to enter into that and go, God, Daddy, help me to understand what you have for me and empower me to do that. Then it goes on, he says, the Prince of Peace. As Rob said, um, man, we could all use a little more peace. So much anxiety, so much worry, so much fear. The Word of God says perfect love casts out all fear. I taught a few weeks back, I think it also casts out all anxiety, it casts out all worry, it casts out all trouble. When we let him love us, it overflows into our circumstances and into the situations that we face. You know what, those are four names of God. The Bible is filled with other names of God. And here's what's so cool about God, is that he can meet you where you're at and he's got a name for it. Because he is that thing for you. 
And what's really amazing is he can do it to everyone in this room right now at the same time. Because he's God. He's God. Right-size him tonight. And when you go into Christmas tomorrow, I want you to remember what a wonderful God we have. You know, the, you, the, the name we use for Christmas for God is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Think about that for a second. God is with us right now. Man, Rob, Rob talked about, you know, he made some incredibly bold claims about who he was, Jesus did. He walked and talked on this planet. You know what? No one even debates that anymore because there's so much historical evidence. He walked and talked on this planet, and Jesus Christ said some incredibly bold things. Probably the boldest thing he said was, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me. That's an incredibly bold statement. And this Christmas, I want you to really ask yourself, what do I do with that statement? What do I do with that statement? Because he's either a crazy man, he's a liar, or he's a Lord. Man, receive him as Lord. It's the greatest gift that you could have ever been given. And Emmanuel, God was with us. He's with us right now. And if you don't recognize that, if you don't sense the spirit that's in here right now, then maybe all the shopping has distracted you away. Or maybe it's all the family details. Or maybe it's just a hurt that you've had in the past. But I'm here to tell you God is good. And he loves you. And he cares for you. And he wants you to understand that Christmas is all about the greatest gift that he ever gave. And that was Jesus Christ. And the greatest thing we can do is receive that gift. Don't take that gift and put it on a shelf somewhere. What if your kid took a gift and goes, oh, that's nice, and then set it on the shelf and never used it? God gave us Jesus. And he wants us to unwrap that gift. He wants us to embrace that gift. And he wants us to use that gift every day of our lives. And that's what this whole story is about. It's the love that God has for you and I. Let's engage with the names of God. Let's engage with the God that cares for you so much. So we're going to sing a special song right now, and I just want you to sit back, and I want you to listen to the words. And I want you to ask God to come in and reveal maybe what that name is. What is it that you need? Because you know what? God is the provision for that thing. And let him just show his love to you. Let him give that to you as we sing this song. And then Janelle's going to have you stand up. We're going to sing a very familiar song. And that is a great time to proclaim the goodness of God in your life and the way that he's touched you. And so that's what we're going to do this time.
Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Listen to the last verse here. It says, then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. And here's what I know. Like we've been talking, the whole story of Christmas is about a personal walking, talking relationship with the Lord. But there's something powerful that comes and that takes place when we corporately embrace it. See, when one of us receives the truth and we get that understanding, we, we get a light. And we light up. You know, the reason this church name is Shine is because we believe each one of us has a light to bring into this world. And we want you to grab a hold of that and understand that and shine into a dark world. And a powerful thing takes place when a corporate group of believers come together and shine their light. All of a sudden, what can't be seen is exposed to the light. And we're going to light this candle. I'm going to go down the row, and I'm going to light everybody's candle. I'm going to have you send it sideways. And um, I want you to observe the change that happens in this room. And you came to the right service because the 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock, there was still light coming in from outside. But now it's dark. And you're going to get to experience what happens when a little light is shared. And here's what I want you to understand. If you're here and you've never professed the name of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never called upon him, man, maybe this is a time right now when that candle gets lit that you're holding. Maybe this is the time that you say, okay, God, if that gift is for me, I want it. I desire it. And just go and make it real between you and him. It doesn't have to be tonight. It could be on your way home. It could be next week. But here's the thing that my heart beats for. It's one of the things that I've been called to do, and that is to help you to understand that he loves you and he cares for you, and he wants a relationship with you. And for me, my personal testimony is that I went to God and said, okay, if that's real, make yourself, show yourself real, and he did. He did. And I believe he will for you too, but we have to have an open heart to actually go before him and let him come in and show us the light that we have inside of us because every single one of us was created to have a light to shine forth. And so go ahead and dim the lights if you would. No, dim them. <laughs> We're going to sing I exaltly as we light these candles. I exalt
You know what's amazing is from up here I can see Amy and Cami all the way in back. I can see Bruce Workman and Bruce Rouse back there. I can see DJ all the way back there. I can see Rob back there. And it's not because I have one candle, because if I had one candle, I wouldn't be able to see any of those people. But because we all collectively are holding these. Man, the room lights up. Shine. We have a hurting world that needs to know the goodness of Jesus Christ. Man, believe in the gift that God gave to you. Receive it. Walk in that. And on behalf of all the staff, man, I pray that you have the best Christmas Eve and the best Christmas Day yet. And that you would let God just empower you with the things that he has for you. Let's go ahead and blow out the candles. And it gets dark in here. <laughs> you can go ahead and bring over the lights. You guys have a merry, merry Christmas.